Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Best Fit Body Podcast. I'm Elle, and I'm one of your hosts today, and I have Jules with me, as always. And today, we are going to be talking about the four things that you need to consider before you decide to dive into a competition prep. Now, this episode is great for anybody who has ever considered competing and is not quite sure if it's right for them or even for somebody who's competed in the past and deciding whether or not it's time to get started with another competition season. It's a very specific and time-sensitive goal. It requires a lot of time, energy, and effort. And understanding when it's right for you and when it's time to dive in is one of the most important parts of deciding to compete. Hi, everybody. It's Joel here. I wanted to take a quick moment and say how excited I am to do this podcast. This is the first one of the year 2020. So it is very exciting because it is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Because if I can say one thing I love about being a competition prep coach is actually working with people who are either brand new to competing or coming back after a break, because the excitement of the journey that I as a coach know that this person, if they decide to go through it, just it's a wonderful thing to be part of and to watch with competitors. So anyway, I'm excited to share this information because these specific things we're going to talk about today are often the questions that we as coaches get asked in that initial contact with potential clients as to whether or not a person is going to compete. So anyway, just wanted to throw that extra little bit about what you're going to hear going forward. And I know Elle's excited to dive into this as well. Yeah, man, it's 2020. The last year went by so quickly, but it sometimes felt like it would never end. And and now we're into 2020. And it's the time where people start thinking about new goals. And I guess we're we're just going to dive right into the first big topic on deciding whether or not you want to prep. Jules, why don't you lead us in? Yeah. So one of the first things when people start to think about goals and and when people are around other fitness people and they start to get inspired by things that they see or possibilities for themselves, and they suddenly have a moment and they think, wow, I want to compete. I want to see what it would be like to do that. And one of the most important things that I suggest that if you're going through this thought process is that you have a reason for it. We call it your why. Why are you competing? Why do you want to take the steps on this journey? And, you know, there's no right answer. There's no one answer. Your why can even evolve over time. But if you could ask me what can make a difference, and Elle, I think you're going to agree on this, between, I mean, all competition preps are work, and we're going to go into that in a bit. But I do know that if the why is a strong, compelling reason for a person. Now, your why is going to be different from the person next to you or from my why, why we do things. But if your why is compelling enough, then all those other things kind of slip by the wayside. And this can be true for competition prep, but for lots of other things that we know take a lot of work. What are your thoughts on on the why? Because I think we can probably talk a lot more about this, but I just want to introduce the concept of, of a why. 
I love this aspect of competition prep, but I also love it in terms of anything that you do. And I often get asked how to handle expectations from other people. And this comes for anybody who is in a, a career that they don't like, or they're going to school and they're, you know, say their parents expect them to, you know, study a certain topic so they can get a specific job. And you have to think back, okay, is this my why or is it somebody else's why? And you have to think about it. Am I actually doing this because I want to, or am I doing it because other people expect me to? And This aspect of it for competition prep is the most important part. If you are competing for any reason other than yourself, any reason other than wanting to accomplish something, put yourself through something very challenging, then that is a good why. But if you're thinking about it as I want to fit in or, you know, all my friends do it or I want to lose weight and get in shape and the competition is what's going to help me get there, those are things you have to consider may not be a good reason why. But Jules, I have to ask you, what was your why for starting competing? Did you know that was coming? <laughs> you totally really did that. We didn't even talk about this. I was going to mm-hmm. ask you what yours was, oh, yeah. but I did want to share mine. It was a bit of a process. I did not prepare for my first competition until I was 48 and did my first competition before I turned 49. My why surprised me because I had never been to a competition before. There were not a lot of competitions around. They, they It was not something that women did on the grand scale that it is now, or even that it has been in probably the past six to eight years. And I went to a workshop and I saw a gal doing a fitness routine. She was doing a practice run and I was enthralled with her strength, with her confidence, with how beautiful she looked while she was doing it. And it was a less than a 90 second routine. And I said to the woman who ran the workshop, Ooh, can I do that? (laughs) And I had I never took a gymnastics class. I couldn't even do a cartwheel. I had to, I remember to teach me. Yes. And I'll talk about it. And so I started to embark on that. And along the way, the coach said to me, well, you know, you're going to have to learn how to do figure posing because that was part of the fitness competition. You had to do a figure competition round. So I had to do that. And then I thought, oh, what the heck? I might as well compete in figure because it was at the same show. And I totally challenged myself to do it, challenged myself to complete it because to me, it was a symbol of my inner strength and that age wasn't a number, wasn't more than, you know, just a number that I could do something that excited me on a daily basis. And it was my first competition was the hardest thing I ever did because of the skills I had to learn to do the routine. And I can, you know, share so much more about that, but that was my why. And from there, my whys continue to be, you know, I'm not getting younger, I'm getting older. So being able to continue it and beat what I had brought before, it was never about winning for me, because I felt that the winning was the journey. So that was my why. And still to this day, you know, I haven't competed in a couple of years, but it is my why in general. How about you, Al? Well, first, though, I want to go back and talk about you for another second, because I remember that when you first started training for this, I saw how much passion you had for it. And I think that this 
is something that other people struggle with when they know somebody that's competing. They're like, well, why why are you doing this? Like, this seems crazy. Why are you weighing all your food? Why are you measuring it? Why can't you eat and drink out with us or, or whatever? Like, why do you always have to work out? And when you see the passion that somebody has, like I saw with you, I didn't have any questions. I saw how much it meant to you. And I remember at your show, I'm filming your routine and I'm crying. I'm literally in tears. How old was I? So this was how many years ago? About 10? 10, 11 years. Yeah. 10, 11 years ago. So what was I? I was like 16, maybe 15. Yeah, 15, 16. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably about 15. I remember just (laughs) bawling recording your routine. I bet if you find the video somewhere, it's probably shaky because I was like trying to watch you, trying to like wipe my tears, trying to (laughs) record you at the same time. And I think that when somebody has a why that's so strong like that, where other people can feel your passion for it and see that it's not for anybody else. Like, and this was before like Instagram was huge and like people were doing stuff for social media. And it makes me think, would anybody really compete if it weren't for the kind of attention that you get on social media? And I, I a hundred percent think that there are people that there's no relation to social media whatsoever, but with social media, I think that has increased people's desire to compete for the attention and the praise and everything that you get from it. So I love your why, and I saw it from the moment that you started, and even you know the shows that you had done in the past eight, 10 years. So it, it's nice to see, and I hope that anybody listening hears your why and thinks deep down, okay, really, what is theirs? What is my own why? Absolutely. It has to be your own. Like I said, my why was my why and your why will be your why. And it can change, you know, each and every time you decide to embark on a fitness path, whether it leads you to the stage or not. But the stage for me, and I remember, I'll just share this really briefly here, and then I want to hear your why. And I remember when I came home from that first time that I saw that. And I was like, it was so clear. I was just going to do this. And there was not going to be anything stopping me in my way. And I said to my husband, Elle's dad, this is what I want to do. And he said to me, he said, well, why do you want to get up on stage and need to be judged by other people? And I said to him, it is not at all about the judging. And it is not about the placing. It is my finish line. And he he was a runner and he ran races and he ran half marathons. And I said, it is about the, the challenging yourself to do the work to get there and crossing that finish line. I said, the stage was my finish line. And it was the way that I celebrated, you know, everything I had accomplished to that point. And that is something that I think is really important to think about if you decide to compete, realizing that moment when the competition is done is your celebration, whatever the journey happens. So Al, what, <laughs> what, what would you say that your first why, if you can remember? So I've competed several times, probably 10, 11 times. And I feel like each time I had a different why, a different goal, because there were so many different shows, so many different levels of competition. And it definitely, your why will change. But my first why was when I competed in, oh gosh, two thousand. 13, 2014, possibly. And I was dating a guy who was a bodybuilder and he was getting ready for a show. And I had literally just gotten my boobs done. I was like six weeks post-op. I went to visit my boyfriend. Actually, I don't even know if I was, I think it was only like two weeks post-op. I went to visit my boyfriend 
and he was training and I'm standing there in the mirror. It was literally my first workout, literally my first workout back from my surgery. And I trained back. It was like, I swear, 12 days after. And he said to me, you should do the show with me. And I was like, what? He's like, you could totally do the show. And I was like, okay, this sounds great. So six weeks later, I competed and I was in a huge class. And so my why was different. It was like, okay, this sounds fun, exciting. Like it's really close. I'm going to get my mom's going to be my coach. She's going to give me my macros, give me my training, my cardio, everything. I was like, let's do it. I got six weeks. I could do this. And I went to the show. I was amazed at how great everybody looked. And my class was like 25, 24, 25 women. And I placed fourth. And I remember being so terrified that I wouldn't be called out. I remember that I was like, okay, I think this first call out thing is a thing and I'm just going to go for it. I remember being up there on stage and being called into that first call out and smiling my face off. Like it was in like a school and like an auditorium. This is turning into a longer story than probably needed to be. That's okay. I I, want to hear this. (laughs) It was such a thrilling experience. I look back at those photos and I'm like, I was beaming. And I think that that was one of the reasons why I did well was because I had this passion that showed on stage. And I even had, I remember, and it was the best feeling in the world. I even had people coming up to me, just people in the audience being like, you looked so great. And I knew I wasn't the leanest person up there. And that's what scared me at the beginning was like, oh, wow, a lot of these girls are really ripped. And I'm like, I only trained for six weeks. But after I got off stage, I felt this huge sense of confidence and I don't want to say power, but I just felt, I guess I felt empowered and I felt like I just performed. And growing up as a dancer, I remember I used to get so nervous before getting up on stage, but after it was done, you get, it's like this endorphin rush. So being on stage and performing. And so my why really didn't transpire until after that first show. Because I feel like I didn't have enough time to really even prepare myself for the show. I was like, all right, cool. Let's just do this. Let's let's get it done. And I was excited about it. And so I think that was my biggest why. I was like, hey, I'm do- like my boyfriend's competing. I'm doing this for fun. I had no expectations. And then when it turned around and I had done so well, I was like, all right, I'm not, I'm not stopping now. So I think that your why can simply be it's something that I want to do. It excites you and it makes you feel like you can do anything. And I feel like as a whole, that's what competing has done for me, even though I haven't competed in, I guess, a year, a little over a year now. And although I'm taking a break from it, I will never, ever forget the feeling that competing brought me and the type of excitement that it brought me. So long story short, that's my why. And it changed, like I said, show to show to show different wise wanting to win pro shows wanting to get my pro card you know wanting to step up on stage with the pros for the first time going to my first national show competing at the Arnold amateur i've i've done a lot and every single time there was a different why but every single time i learned something new absolutely and i do think that anybody if you know who's out here listening who has had that exhilaration feeling of completing something really really inspiring awe you know awe inspiring for them and maybe for the people around them because maybe their friends are you know cheering on for them because they don't know anybody else that's competing all of those wonderful wonderful things that you get from that when you walk off that 
reminds you that you can do anything. And until you step up to that plate, you don't know often. And this is often people will say, do you think I can do it? And I say, I tell them, if you have this desire to step forward, then all you need are really the tools to make it happen. And that's, believe it or not, that's kind of easier than coming up with that deep desire. But the same thing, sometimes people will start out with a strong why, but things change internally or externally, you know, life priorities. And sometimes your why is no longer there or has to be redefined. I have to say this, there's like no shame in changing your why. So if you even decide to compete and then change your mind, there should be no shame in that. It's not an indication of failure. And Alice, the same thing. And many times we have, because once you kind of get that competitor bug in you, that you might mm-hmm. get excited about a show and you have a very strong why, but then something changes and you say, you know what? Not now. You know, that's just not going to be for me now. And and there's no embarrassment or no shame in that. And that's being responsible. That's being true to yourself. And I think you made a point of that before. You know, I d- have done shows where I did them because friends were doing them. And that was enough for me to be excited about doing the show. But my why for me to do the work was always separate. Yeah. Yeah. We can do a whole podcast on whys. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that I like what you said about not feeling disappointed, like you're disappointing somebody else or disappointing yourself. If your why changes and then you no longer have a why and you decide not to compete. Why don't we actually talk about the timeline and then I'll go into this a little bit. But we do want to talk to you all about how do you know if you're ready to compete? And before we get into exactly how you'll know, you may think that you want to compete and you may have this timeline mapped out. You may have your shows picked out. You may have already put a deposit down on your suit and hired a coach and you know all these things. And when you put a lot of finances into, you spend a lot of money in preparing to compete and then something in your life changes, whether you get a new job or you're injured or you really just start to lose passion, you don't need to stick through it just because you've made this commitment. And I think that is one of the big things that people end up pushing through a prep because they do have all this pressure from other people to keep going. And you have to know whether it's the right time or not for you. Because if you do have that passion for it, but it just doesn't seem like the right time, when you're ready, that passion will come back. So Jules, what do you think? How does a client know when they're ready? I just want to add one other little thing. Sometimes it can help you when you think about because I know when I made that announcement that I was going to compete, I did it on purpose because I knew there were going to be times that I would have to draw from that. Oh, but you know what? I have this big cheerleading group and I don't really want to disappoint them, but it wasn't it really wasn't taking anything away from my why. But I knew that I had all those people cheering me on. So that just inspired me to be a little bit more, a little better, a little more focused. So you have to be careful. It can, it can work in favor or it can work to your detriment. But you kind of have to know that about yourself and be honest and true to what's really going on. So how do people know when they're ready? And this is a really big one. When people reach out and to me and on a call, so I, we get a lot of people who will who'll call and want to talk to us about sort of what goes into the timeline with competing. And they'll say, well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, I'll sign up for a program when I'm like 16 weeks out. And the first question I ask a person when they are thinking about a competition, 
are they thinking about a competition? And if they say yes, they say, well, then you're in a phase of prep. And we often don't give enough creed or value to what goes on before the air quotes here, the dial in or the countdown or those yeah. you know, the word step. In the steps of goal setting, that pre-contemplation stage is part of your goal already. So when you're starting to think about something that you want to do, that is already part of your end goal. And not everybody follows through after they've had those, you know, those pre-contemplation thoughts and times. But if you are thinking about it, you're really a step in the right direction. Exactly. Well, and you know, what a lot of people have to do often is just to get some for their body, they have to get a physical framework. So that's very different from sort of that stage presentation dial in. So we look at clients when they come to us in trying to pick a timeline in terms of what do we have faced in front of us? Are you a person who has a higher percent body fat that we need to lower down and probably increase some muscle mass? Do we need to do some structural work or, you know, balancing of your physique, let alone getting you lean enough for the stage? And so timelines, I tend to look at it as, and we even have our programs called this, you know, sort of your improvement season and then the competition prep. And usually for first timers, I like to have at least 16 weeks from when we know we're pretty comfortable with where we are, with where your physique is, that we can have an expected leaning out to the stage in about 16 weeks. And the reason I like 16 weeks is I have found through especially new competitors, that it takes about that amount of time to have you start to get familiar with what is expected of you on that stage to how you move your body and get familiar with the changes that the body is going to make over that course of time. So you can present your physique in the best way possible to be the most competitive possible. So this is where the difference is between your physical readiness and your psychological readiness. Mm. And preparing you for that day that you're going to cross that stage, it is this sort of balance and this fighting of that, uh, you know, confidence and doubt so that you can get to the point where you know what's expected of you and that you can walk out well prepared for what is expected and game day, you know, the day of the show is game day. But that dial in, sometimes people go, oh, you know, it's going to be my last pizza for my prep. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have it for, you know, 16 to 12 weeks or whatever. And it, it it's a little different, you know, everybody's a little different. But if you want to have, at least in my opinion, there's that improvement time. And then once we get to the point where you can see the body's responding in the direction we want, then we pick a show And we look at the timeline and I always tell people, look at what's happening in your life. So you may say, oh, I want to do a show in June. And I'll say, okay, let's talk about what's going to happen in your life in June. And then you say, oh, wait, my brother's getting married. Well, maybe that Mm -hmm. would be a great time for you to compete. Or, you know, you know that you're about to look for a new job and change jobs doesn't mean that it can't be done. And we've had plenty of people who have all these big life things, but it often is nicer 
for you to not have a lot of conflicting things if you're going to go ahead and embark on this, especially your first show. Because you're going to, honestly, you're going to want to think about prep a lot. You're going to want to practice your posing a lot. You're going to want to spend the time in the gym and doing all the things. So if you feel start to feel very pulled by an overcrowded plate, that can be overwhelming for some people. For some people, they thrive on it and some people do better. And I know me personally, I actually do better the more things I have to do than the fewer things I have to do. Anything you want to add to the timeline? Yeah, I will say that if someone comes to us and they want to prep and we've never worked together before and they're like, all right, my show's in 20 weeks. I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. That's good, but we got to start working together and I have to understand if you're serious about this. And so the first few check-ins go by and if I have somebody who is like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I followed the macros for like 4 days, but like once prep comes, like I'll stick to it entirely." That is like a little bit of a red flag for me and I often think the people that will do the best in prep are people that are already in the routine of following their macros. And it's not this big on and off switch. And it comes from already having this lifestyle and then just being able to be like, all right, I'm just going to turn it up, the intensity up a notch or so. And so, and I find that Yes, it can work out for somebody who is like, I'm just going to turn it on for 16 weeks and then turn it off again. But I do find that those people that have this big black and white mentality of like, all right, you know, no sugar and like, I'm going to only eat, you know, veggies and lean protein. And like, when you turn that switch on, unfortunately, you're less likely to have a successful post show if you are looking at it that way. Uh, The people that have made this into a lifestyle and it's just another part of their day, nothing else changes. They just are a little bit more meticulous with their macros and they just save a little bit more time for, you know, posing, but also for your workouts. Those are the people that are really going to be successful. So for anybody that is considering competing, make sure that you have that base, make sure that you can follow a routine of maintenance, not necessarily just fat loss, but at least having that routine because you will do so much better. It'll be a lot less stressful for you. So unless you've been training for a decent amount of time and tracking your intake, doing a show right off the bat, like, oh, okay, this is my goal now, can be a bit more troublesome in the long run. Yes, I have to say I absolutely agree. And having somebody who has been more exercising, and you know, there's a difference between exercising and training, exercising Mm -hmm. in preparation for that for an ultimate on the stage, absolutely. But then we have to have time to shift it to the actual training. And again, training for this, it's more intense than a lot of times. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about the intensity in a little bit, but then you've been doing and that most people know when they sign up for this, uh, that it's going to be, but you also have to be able to realize that not everything is going to go perfectly. And if you only, I love what you said about the black and white, you have to be able to realize that there are some grays, but you need to be in that zone, at least for a period of time to know, to kind of prove to yourself that you are able to endure the duration of it, because it is, it really is an endurance sport, <laughs> even though it's a weight yeah. things, but, but it's an endurance of activity. It's an endurance of mindset. It's an endurance of commitment and follow through. And this can be a great challenge for some people, but that's also why the improvement season part is really good because it's sort of like, okay, 
a pre-prep, if you want to call it, but it's a prep it, before the prep. Yeah, it's a pre-prep. But it is what, you know, smart people who want to dive into getting up there on stage is that you have some of that commitment to yourself, that you prove to yourself you can do this. So that when you go into that, when things really start to change up much more quickly with the nutrition and the training, that you can, you know, make those changes on the fly because that's important. For sure. Well, so I think that we've kind of tackled the why having you all who are listening think about, all right, what's my why? Is this something that I'm doing for me? So we've we've got that covered. And then we're covering how do you know if it's the right time? Because right now may not be the right time. You may be listening to this and be like, okay, yeah, you're right. Maybe, you know, fall 2020 may be a better decision or maybe 2021 or maybe, okay, yeah, this is my goal, but I want to do it before I turn 30 or something like that. So now I do want to talk a little bit more about federations and choosing a federation and figuring out what's right for you and kind of the, I would say, two big discrepancies between federations. And then we can talk a little bit about categories as well, which division you're going to be competing in. But I will say there are two big differences in federations for competing in bodybuilding, and that's the drug-tested and then the non-drug-tested federations. There's several out there. Probably the most well-known non-tested federation is the MPC, and then which leads into the IFBB, which is the professional level. That is a very, very widely known non-drug-tested federation. And then you have the other side where they do drug testing, and that would be, for example, the IMBF, which leads into the WMBF, and that's the world largest natural bodybuilding federation. So there's a lot of different ones in between that we can talk about when we start to talk about the different divisions and the differences between, you know, a division in one federation versus the division in another federation because those do vary significantly. So figuring out your body, figuring out the way that you want to perform on stage, what you want to look like, all comes into play as well as location and availability for shows. They all come into play when you're determining which federation that you would like to compete in. Absolutely. And it comes down to often too, what show, because you may say, hey, I can do any show in June and I'll go any place I want. And that makes it easier for us as coaches. (laughs) Yeah, then we can be a little more selective and then we can start to say, okay, well, what is your body type more closely? You know, different federations look for different body types. So then that gives us that freedom. But there are most people who compete, compete locally. And so they will find a show that is in their neighborhood. And the NPC is so well known because they have so many shows. You know, and there are a lot of people at the amateur level for shows and the consideration of whether it's drug tested or not is not as important as it is as potentially as you go on. But you may be limited or you may say, you know what, I only really want to do a drug tested federation, but I am willing to travel. So those are all the uh, big things about picking a show figure out that timeline, like we said, then we kind of look at what are your choices available. And really, there are so many choices for the majority of people that even if, you know, you don't have a lot in your backyard, you probably will have quite a few within a few hours drive if you don't want to hop on a plane. Right. Most people who come 
to us as first-time competitors, or maybe they've competed before, but they really just went to the backyard, you know, show that we're often asked, like, what federation? So we have to spend some time in consideration deciding what's going to be the best match, but that's part of a big conversation. What often people will also come to us as coaches and say, I don't know, am I bikini or am I figure or am I physique? And it's our job to help you figure that out. <laughs> exactly. It's our job to help you figure that out. And I don't want to go into you know, how we do that, because I think we actually might have talked about that on another podcast. But the decision on the divisions in terms of bikini or figure, you know, those are often big decisions that we have to evaluate you for because Sometimes people will say, well, I want to do figure, but they are clearly, they need more time. So they may be able to compete in bikini on the way to figure if the itch for the stage is there. Right. Can I say something about help people determine which is right for them? And in the most general sense, we often say, okay, well, which is your most desired? Like, what would you, what could you see yourself doing? Because there's people right off the bat that say, definitely bikini. There's people that right off the bat, they'll say definitely figure or even bodybuilding or women's physique or any other type of like fit body in the WMBF, which is kind of a mix between figure and bodybuilding. Is that the best way to describe it? That's the best way. Yeah. It's bodybuilding, but with heels. <laughs> so. Right. Exactly. So there's a lot of different options, but sometimes you'll say, you'll hear from somebody, man, I really like the look of a bikini competitor, but I don't like the style of pose. Or man, I have so much muscle, I definitely could do figure, but I'd rather be up there in the sparkly bikini being kind of sassy or whatever. So the difference is, is that, and it kind of just goes in, in scales. And there's a lot of different ways that each category, each division are scored, but you kind of have to think of it. Okay. Do I want the least amount of muscle? Do I want more and more and more? And it also depends on what your natural build is and what your genetics are like, because the body type is also very specific. And I will say that you can essentially do whichever category that you would like, but it is up to us as your coach and someone guiding you through a competition, which technically the end goal is to win. If your goal is not necessarily to win, but to experience it, and we really think you have the body type for figure and we discuss it, like, listen, you know, we really would need to work on building up your glutes or your shoulders or something like that. And then someone says, well, that's okay. I just still want to do it anyway. We will still get you there. But it is our job to help guide you into a category that is going to match what your physique looks like for you to be competitive. This circles back to the why. Right. So this is ex- perfect example of somebody who says, well, I really want to do bikini, but we know that we look at their body type, their musculature, and we can tell them very clearly that they would be more competitive in figure, but their dream is to get up there as a bikini competitor. That's your why. And if I tell you, you really should do figure, but now I'm taking away your dream of getting up there as a bikini competitor, we need to have that conversation Mm -hmm. so that you can understand and you can decide if you can change your thought process about it, or if your why is so compelling that I'm not going to change your thought process about mm-hmm. it. That's not my job as a coach, but it my job right. is to guide you to get you to success. 
Success. And the same thing goes for Timeline, where we will have some competitors come to us and they have a very specific show, very specific timeline, very specific reason why they want to do that show. But we have this conversation, we're prepping, we're moving along, and then maybe we start to not see the changes that we would hope to see for you to be ready for that show date that you have your heart set on. We have these open conversations as coaches with our clients. We say, listen, this is where we're at now. We got eight weeks to the show. I do think possibly we would do better if we had 12 to 16 weeks to the show. I'm just telling you this, you may not be at your best for this show. Because I mean, for Joel's and I, Team Best With Buddy, if you have a show date planned and we say, hey, you're not ready, we're not going to go to extremes to get you there for that show date. We have this open conversation and we say, listen, your body physically will not be where we expected it to be. And so here are your options. We can still do this show. You can get the experience and you can understand that you may not be at your peak. So, hey, let's do a couple shows this season because we've seen time and time again, the competitors that do a couple shows per season generally, I would say majority of the time improve, mostly just because it's more time. A lot of times after you get off that stage for the first time, you're like, oh, wow, okay, I see what this is all about. I see that I do need to be more competitive. So what can I do? Can I change my training? Can I be more meticulous with my tracking? Can I just be more on top of things? It does help you to improve from show to show. So timeline-wise, you may choose a show and you may not always be ready for it. Absolutely. And a lot of times people, the first time they really want to see number one, if they can do it. And number two, if they enjoy the process and the majority of people, and I have to say, it's actually a great thing mm. when people come and say that be for their first show, because, and I'm not going to guarantee it, but I can tell you the majority of people, like I want to say like 95% of the people who come in with that kind of approach and attitude fall in love with it. Do really well. And then go on and do other shows or another season and they see the value of the consistency that we talked about earlier, you know, over time and how your body really is this amazing machine that, but it's also this beautiful work of art that you can manipulate, you can change it over time. And, and, you know, you, with respect and love, and then being able to showcase it and watch, hence our passion for why we love doing this. Right, right. And the development and the changes that our clients go through when they do complete a competition season. I know that Unfortunately, some people will, you know, look back on their competition years or season and, you know, they have some negative things to say about it. But the crazy thing is, is that during the process, most people love it. And then it's not until after where they, you know, decide, oh, it's not right for me or their lifestyle changes where they'll go and say, oh, yeah, it was a terrible experience. It was so hard. It was this and that. And it scares other people. And I do think that everyone is entitled to their own opinion and everyone has their own experiences. Sometimes you may end up with a coach that's not so great and you're not getting what you want. But I do think that most people come out learning something about themselves. And one thing that Jules and I love about working with people, not even just competitors, but just people in general towards their fitness goals is that we watch these women and men too, but especially the women, they turn into these powerhouse women. They they have this confidence that 
they may not have had before they started with us. And it starts to carry over into their real life, not just their you know competition goals. It carries over into their job, the way that they can stand up or ask a question in a meeting or put on a presentation and be confident in their work. Or ask for that raise. Right, right. You know, I mean, yeah. Or step out of a nasty relationship. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Yeah, or a bad job. Yeah. Yeah, we were divorce therapists for a little while there. Yeah, that happens. Not you know, that happens in the course of, <laughs> of things. There's a lot of, but but it is because usually your preparation time is a chunk of time and you think about all those things that help. But I think competing teaches you to prioritize things. And sometimes priorities can get skewed, but those are things that sometimes we watch along the way and notice and say, hey, you know, and this is talking about how do we go about it? And this leads me to sort of the one of the final points, I think, of wrapping this introduction to competition concepts is that we love to throw ourselves into this and we know that it is going to be an intense experience. You know, you're going to be training like you never trained. You're going to be, you know, manipulating your nutrition like you've never done before. You have to make sure you get your water in and then you're sleeping and you're stretching in and you're posing practice. And then you got to worry about all the details. Your check-ins with your coach. Check-ins with your coach and, you know, as well as all those other things it is intense. But for that balance, which a lot of times people, when they embark on these things, that they lose perspective, that when you're competing, it should not be at the exclusion of everything else in your life. You still have to be a friend, a daughter, a brother, a sister, a mother, a, a, you know, a father, an employee. You still have to do all those things. So learning that you can hit things with intensity, but that it doesn't have to exclude everything. You know, it always makes me a little sad when somebody says, you know, I, I just decided I'm not going to go out with my friends or, or anybody for any events for the next, you know, eight to 12 weeks. I, that breaks yeah. my heart. That is taking away quality of life when this should be something that enhances the quality of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of that comes down to just trusting. I get think number one, that if you do hire a, a coach and we always recommend that you do, that you hire a coach that has a good understanding and that you have good communication with so that you can figure out that you're not in the gym for three to six right. hours a day. You know, people will say, are oh, you must be in the gym all day? I'm like, no, you know, when I did my preps, I would literally, you know, it would be an hour, an hour and a half, and I would get in there, do my work, go, but I would love to have spent more time. I just didn't have the time. Yeah. So you have to know that I'm going to do this with intensity and with focus, but it's not going to swallow me whole. That's the funniest thing that you said that when, when people find out that you are you're a bodybuilder or you're training for a competition, their first thought, if they know nothing about it is, oh my God, so are you in the gym for like six hours? And then they'll be like, oh my God, well, do you eat anything? And you're like, yes, I'm an athlete, but like, I don't need to be spent. And, and yeah, sometimes when, you know, it gets to the hard part of prep and you need to lose a, you know, a last little bit of fat those last couple of weeks, or you got to ramp things up for a little while. You may end up having to do an hour of cardio a day, but it also comes down to whether or not you're willing to do it. And so it is intense. And there may be times where 
this goal is so big that, yeah, maybe you won't go out because you want to have a good night's rest so you can get your training done in the morning. But it shouldn't be all 16, 20 weeks. It shouldn't be six months out of the year. It shouldn't be a full year of you isolating yourself for this goal. I think that everybody is different and their intensity of their desire of success really dictates how much time and effort you put into it. But I don't want anyone to put in so much effort and time and lose themselves in it if at the end of the day, after their prep is over, they're going to have regrets. So it just needs to be a, okay, if I'm making this decision, why am I making it? And is this truly what I want? And you have to write it down. You have to write little notes to your future self when you start to feel, oh my God, is this all worth it? Because you will have those thoughts. You will have, and even the greatest athlete will feel, oh my God, am I doing all this for nothing? And you will have those doubts. And so it is a, as much of a physical sport preparation is and an actual competition day is, it is a long, long, long emotional battle, I will say, to get yourself to the point where you can stay sane and do something as intense as this. So as long as you're making sure that you're not cutting out people from your life and you're not damaging relationships, you have to think about the long term, but also always think about back to number one, your why. Absolutely. It always circles back to the why. So that's why we wanted to make sure that we talked about that at the start so that you can think about this as you're listening, as you're going through when you're done listening. And if you have those questions that you seek the answers. One of the things that people are often surprised when they send us an inquiry that I'll get on the phone with you to talk about this, to find out why do you want to compete? What is it that drives you and inspires you? And sometimes you have all of the right reasons, but maybe the timeline doesn't fall into place. So those are all those different considerations to take into account. But being prepared for the idea that you're going to train like you never trained before, pay attention to your nutrition like you never paid attention to before, that you're going to, again, make sure that you get adequate sleep and adequate recovery so that you can get the results that you really want so that you can have an amazing experience. That's what a really beautiful prep becomes. It becomes this integration into your life. And many times people who reach out to any coach or just that desire to compete, most of you already have been training or or exercising for a period of time every day and that you're paying attention to your nutrition. It just isn't put together and formulated to make the changes to get your body in the path that you want to go. That's why you would hire a coach. But realizing that there will be a day that you hang up the sparkly heels because you competed the day before, and you got to go back to life. So being able to take those things that you have accomplished and have learned and carry them through, I do think that the people who spend their whole prep just looking forward to the day where they they can sleep in and not do any cardio, or looking forward to the day where they can just go and, and eat anything they want and as much as they want they're setting themselves up for a really rough post-show. So using that time in your prep to see how it can improve your life. Can, can you teach yourself how to be more compartmentalized and more prioritized with the things you need to do? Those are the successes. Absolutely. And I think that 
anybody who's thinking about doing a competition, there is a lot that goes into this pre-contemplation stage, the stage of, all right, is it is it a good time for me? Am I ready for this intense work? Where am I going to compete? What's my timeline? And what's my why? These are all just important things to think about. And it should be a fun experience. It shouldn't be a scary experience. And we just want anybody who is considering it to know the ins and outs and understand the type of commitment that you are getting yourself into. But it has been nothing but a positive experience for me competing all these years. And I can definitely not say that I'll never compete again because it's still that deep-rooted love for it and the the love for structure. But your life- But it's not now. Yeah, but it's not now and your life may change and your priorities may change. And I think a lot of it has to do with who you surround yourself with. So I know that the times that I was real gung-ho competition, competition, competition was because of who I surrounded myself with and who I talked to on the daily, who I followed on social media, who inspired me and what other things made me excited about this. And so see if you can put yourself in different situations and see, okay, is this this the place for me? Is this it now? And we just wish you the best of luck if you decide to compete. And if you are looking for a coach, (laughs) we are available for, you know, the 2020 season leading all the way into it's probably spring or summer and then into the fall. Early spring is getting a little close. So if you're interested, definitely reach out now because prep should be beginning for you if you are looking at a spring, early summer show. But all of our information for contacting us via email and our website is in the description of each episode. So if you're listening to this and you are looking for a coach and you're maybe considering competing, maybe not even this year, maybe next year, reach out to us. We're happy to get on the phone and chat with you all and just help you get started on your journey. If this is something after listening to this episode, you're like, yes, I'm doing it. This is what I want. I'm doing it. I do want to add also, um, we have a program that is a fabulous program. I actually, it's beside competition prep, it's a program that I, I love working with clients and it's called our Look Like a Competitor program. And so if you're not sure the stage is right for you, and this is why I developed it, because people who want to push themselves with an intensity that they might have, they might have to do is in this program. It is all the bells and whistles like a competition prep. It is a 12 week. So it's a start to stop finish program. So a lot of times people who say, well, I don't really know if the stage is something I'm interested in, but I want to know what it's like for me. I want to put myself to the test with a program. Yeah. With a program. It's a 12 week program and you get all the tools, you get all the support, you get lots of one-on-one time with me on phone calls and Skype and FaceTime, as well as your integrated training and nutrition. But it really, the success we've had with that has been so amazing. And like I said, it, it I love it because I love to watch people's journeys and the 12 weeks is short in terms of like, would it really, would you really be able to step on stage at the end of the 12 weeks? Probably not because we don't integrate the the stage presentation part, but it's a great program if you think you're interested in, but you're not 100% sure, or you just really want to get your physique to that ultimate level. That's a great one to look at. Definitely. I talk about this one a lot because it's actually a great starter program for someone who is 
thinking, could I compete? Could I do it? But also not quite ready for that huge commitment. The 12 weeks are definitely intense and we do expect a lot out of you, but that's for your benefit because that's the program that you are signing up for. And so if you come to us and you say, hey, listen, I want to be in the best shape of my life. I want to be I want to be lean. I want to be ripped. I want to be strong. That is what this looks like a competitor program does. And it's that short term. And some people need that timeline. And that's why sometimes preps are great because they do have that very specific timeline. And it does require you to be very focused. And like most people, myself included, having a a start and end date is the best because you're able to really organize your time in order to reach that end goal. So we we would love for you guys to reach out to us if you are interested at all. And if you have any questions, just hit us up. (laughs) Hit us up. So if you've listened to this and do us a favor and like this podcast and feel free to share it, because we know if you're interested, you probably have several friends who are also interested. So share the love. Yeah, share it. Follow us. We're on Spotify and iTunes. So if you're listening to us on one or the other, you can flip-flop between the two and you know, give us a little follow and leave us a review on iTunes. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Happy 2020, everyone. Oh, yeah. 2020. <laughs>